What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Op-Ed Friday. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I'm joined here with Barbara Allen and our special guest today, Anthony Russo from hashtag Be The Change. Anthony, welcome. Welcome. Uh, welcome. Well, you know, I'm going to welcome you to this, too. Welcome. What's going on? <laughs> How's it going today, man? Doing fantastic. How are you guys doing? Excellent. Excellent. You ready to cover some uh, ridiculous news stories and some of the current events in the in the news today? Let's kick the tires, light the That's fires. That's redundant. For the past year, past week, yeah. it is yeah. redundant. You're redundant. <laughs> <laughs> He's so witty. You guys oh, are yeah. adorable. I haven't heard that one before. <laughs> so original. <laughs> so uh, we're going to first start off with uh, the Georgia election laws that have yeah. recently uh, come on the books and some of the new laws that changed in Georgia and all the news and coverage surrounding that. Um, we'll start off with recently, uh, some of you probably know the, that Georgia changed their election laws. They now require voter ID as well as they changed some of the election times. But that was the big pushback was they said, oh, you can't have uh, election times only go to five o'clock. That's Jim Crow type of laws, which is not necessarily too true because a lot of the local election places and polling outlets uh, have the authority to change the time. So there's a lot of mistruths about the Georgia election law, but the big truth is that they're requiring voter ID, which the truth is, and the facts are, a recent poll by the Associated Press uh, came out and said that three out of four Americans support voter ID election laws. So only 24% of Democrats oppose it. So that means all Democrats basically oppose voter ID if anyone opposes it at all. So this is kind of crazy. Joe Biden over the last couple of days basically called this Jim Crow in the 21st century or Jim Crow 2.0. Uh, it's a blatant lie. I think it's personally, personally, I think it's disgusting. I think it's irresponsible for a president to come out and state that. Uh, and what say you, Anthony? It's, it's ridiculous to compare not being able to use the same water fountain, not being able to go to the same places of business to something that is the only thing that people can deem as voter suppression or racist is, is assuming somebody has an ID. It's such a slap in the face of the civil, civil rights movement to compare to compare this to Jim Crow. You can say there might be elements of voter suppression if until you actually get into it. The scariest part is that this is coming directly from Joe Biden. And then, of course, mainstream media is running with it. And I think there's a much, much bigger game with it, which to me, the only thing that this this new voter laws is restricting is the ability uh, for more fraud to be prevalent. That's it. Like, and, and honestly, you can even say there was no fraud, whatever it is. But if you understand that the American public had voter confidence issues, and especially in the state of Georgia, Pennsylvania, et cetera, why not try to button it up as best as possible? And the way that they are spinning this into complete fake news lies of what this bill actually means is to me, even more proof that they need a way to cheat. And I hate, I'm never that one that's like, they cheated, they cheated. But to me, the more that they are pushing this and having every black Democrat on television saying, this is Jim Crow and every ultra liberal going, this isn't incredible what they're doing to minorities and voting, which they're not. And making up things like, like these hours, like, as you said, Dave, that's completely false. It's been proven false. They actually, the previous law said business hours during early voting. 
And now it says uh, nine to five, but they're allowed to be open seven to seven if they if the local polling places. There's no restrictions there. It's actually broader than it was before. Yes. So why and, why are they faking this news? Why are they pushing this as, as Jim Crow? I don't get it. Yeah, and I love a lot of what you said. And even this this um, law that they're talking about in Georgia, it also allows the option of voting on the two Sundays preceding the election. So I mean, there's so many layers of that. I don't understand how. Any rational person can legitimately look at this and call it racist. The fact that they're saying a black people aren't capable of getting an ID. Are you fucking kidding me? Like how that's racist. Well, not just, <laughs> you know, just minorities that, in general. Uh, minorities saying, yeah. are not like they're not capable of getting an ID. And even if that were the case, if there is a segment of society that cannot afford whatever the 20 or $25 fee for what it is, how about put some of this money that they're throwing away towards helping people get an ID and resolving that issue instead of changing the whole way the country works because they don't have whatever this money. How about fix that issue? How about help everybody get an ID? And then we have no more issue. And to your point about what you said about the voter fraud, that was one of the things that struck me too, is that this is all being called racist and Jim Crow, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, they're crediting, the Democrats are crediting the wins of Biden in Georgia and the this two Senate seats to getting out the, the minority vote. But, you know, people on the other side, people like us are questioning the validity of those votes. So I don't necessarily credit the win of the Senate seats and Biden to getting out the minority vote. I question it to shady election procedures that I still don't have trust in. And people want to call me all sorts of name for doubting in the integrity of the election. I mean, that's on them, but just because I want more information and I have unresolved questions I, and I'm being slammed and put down for that, that's a real shame. So everything what you said is yeah, true. I mean, the fact just, that it's being weaponized is it's, total bullshit. Yeah, it's just wrong. We just had an election where there is a ridiculous amount and never seen before amounts of mail-in voting that really re were, was basically unchecked. And that so like you said anthony they're they're trying to stop the potential fraud that could happen every there's so many things that require voter id like no, not voter id just regular id just, just id in general yeah. right 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 but so why right. not have voter id like you have to go right. you, want, you want to get buy a pack of cigarettes you want to buy alcohol you want to jump on an airplane all these things require id and so having ID required to go to the polls, there's nothing wrong with that. I shared a video of uh, uh, Benny on the Block uh, from Turning Point USA. He did a video, he went to Georgia and one of the, and he interviewed person after person after person. They all had ID. They all didn't think that, none of them thought that I, that voter ID was wrong. One person was homeless well, and yes, lived under the that's, bridge. That's what I was just gonna say. Yeah. She's like, no, I'm gonna go back to, to my home. And he's like, where do you live? She's like, I live under a bridge. So a homeless person who lives under the bridge in Atlanta, Georgia has an ID. You know, stating that they can't get an ID or they, they're physically not capable of it is, is, is just un, untrue. And there's nothing wrong with voter ID. And, and saying it's Jim Crow 2.0 or anything else from the person who wants to bring about unity does the complete opposite. It's it's just more division. It's more divisiveness. It's using the race card once again. And it's just unacceptable, in my opinion. 
And it makes no sense. So, and I, and I was on the same plane as Barb. I'm like, why don't they fix in Georgia? Cause again, it's so blatant in our face. Like look at the racism, look at the fact people need, can't have IDs and all this different stuff. So it's $32 to get a uh, identification card in Atlanta or in Georgia in general, which I was like, all right, that I, why aren't they putting money aside for people that need it? Turns out they don't need to. Why? Because in Georgia, you can get a voter ID card specifically for free in, in that state. So free. All you have to do is be able to prove you are who you are. So if you're homeless, you have to find a way to get a birth certificate. You have to find a way, et cetera. Yeah. An address. Well, not even an address. If you can find a birth certificate, which again, if you don't have a birth certificate, you need to look up your address regardless. So my question is this, if you can't prove who you are, do you think voting is on the top list of your right. biggest issues? Like, right. is that like something that's like, God, in the next year and a half, I'm going to be really mad because I have no idea how to prove who I am and I want to vote. That's not even on the radar. I would love for them to go and actually, when they talk about people that didn't get to vote because of voter suppression in 2020, find me somebody. I was actually just going to put that out and to anybody listening. And I've put this out a couple of times because I, you know, I come out here and I spout my opinions or my thoughts, whatever. But on the flip side, I do want to know if I'm wrong and if this stuff is really happening. So I'm going to put that out there here today. If you are somebody in Georgia or any other state who actually has trouble voting, based on the low voter policy or for any reason, if you wanted to vote and felt like you couldn't vote, or if you are sitting here now and feel like your ability to vote is going to be hampered somehow in whatever state you live in, I genuinely want to hear from you. I, I a hundred percent want to hear directly from the people that this is all being legislated for and on behalf of, like, I, I actually want to know so far I've put this out and I've seen other people put it out. I have not heard directly from anybody who says that they feel like they can't vote. Yeah. They said they have have to wait in long lines. And I get that. That's being, that's part of living in a city. And and that's, but that, and they're like, I waited for four hours to vote. That sucks. I, you know, that's, and and I agree, but that nobody didn't get to vote. Right. Well, two, two more points here, right? We, I mentioned before the Associated Press came out with a poll, three out of four Americans believe in voter ID for elections. We ran a poll in our own community, the Great American Seneca on Facebook. Not one person disagreed with voter ID. Not one. Everyone voted in favor of it. The second point that no one talks about enough, it kind of gets talked about a little bit, is it, so if Democrats really want, don't want to oppress people and or su- suppress the vote, why not have an, make election day a holiday? Like, why is election day not a holiday? What's the easiest way to get everyone out to vote and not have to worry about them, you know, with work and after hours and all the, just make it a holiday where the whole day, everyone is off, businesses are closed and everyone can go to vote on their own timeline. Like that's a simple fix right off the bat that I think both Republicans and Democrats would totally get on board with, but no one talks about it. It's a simple solution. Yeah, I agree. And there's a little fun, there's some fun facts in that bill that to me, I'm like, so they use optics. So it was over 90 drop boxes were in the in the inner city of Atlanta that are now down to 24 for the next election. And people go, oh, my God, that's a less than a third of the boxes. 
in 2022, we're assuming that COVID isn't going to be the issue. So you don't need as many mail-in ballots. And part of the reason they did that is they wanted to spread those ballots all over the state where there was rural communities that actually, fun fact, to me, if you want to have voter suppression, did not have a drop box in the 2020 election. These rural communities were more uh, disenfranchised white communities out in the middle of nowhere. So they didn't have a drop box. So that seems a little questionable to me from the 2020 election. So they're dropping these numbers, realizing that they don't need as many mail-in drop boxes. The other issue is the fact that you now have added a week to to uh, to uh, early voting, so people can go in person a week earlier. So you now have three weeks instead of two weeks. And the only thing that was cut down was the uh, registration period for absentee balloting went from six months down to three months, which I, I don't know the purpose, but I don't know how that can be deemed such a horrible thing. If anybody wants, and this is the last thing, if anybody wants a final argument of what could have been changed in one direction is it became more partisan, which could be good or could be bad. You don't want any kind of voting to be partisan. You typically want it to be bipartisan. So they took local election officials, which are typically on a, on a bipartisan scale, and they turned the oversight over to the governor, which is a conservative or, a, or he's a He's a Republican. So therefore, it became a partisan oversight issue. But when you've had as many issues you had last year, if you're voted in governor of the state, even if it's sadly enough, Gavin Newsom in California. But in Georgia, if you are the governor of the state, when push comes to shove and your your state is showing up so poorly because you can't get your votes down, your job as the governor is to make sure everything goes as planned. And that's what the new law does. That's what the new bill does. So uh, again, maybe partisan. You can have a you can have a partisan gripe, but to call this to call this a, a, a Jim Crow is is absurd, and it's just it's propaganda. It's it really it's insulting to the American people is really what yeah. it is, in my opinion. And so, it, coinciding with that, you have a major for profit organization like Major League Baseball who pulls their all star game out of Atlanta, Georgia, and then decides to move it to Denver where they have a voter ID law and in some instances, even stricter election law requirements. So that is crazy upon itself. It makes no sense that decision. They, what was it? I think what were, uh, was it's it a hundred billion dollars or something like that in revenue for small businesses that was basically taken from the people of Georgia when they decided to move the major league baseball all-star game from Atlanta to Denver, because they think it's you know overbearing and creates voter suppression. Delta yeah, have they another... looked at the diversity numbers? Yeah, huh? have they looked at the diversity numbers between? Have they looked at the diversity numbers between Denver and right. Atlanta? Yeah, right. It, like, <laughs> right. You can't I know you just have up. to laugh, laugh. because it's, it's, it's almost comical. Just, yeah, it is so idiotic. Like, what are you actually thinking? And but you know what's not funny is that so many people are using this and are like, yeah, of course they move it and celebrating the move. Like all these people who are saying that oh, these voting laws are racist and you need to support, you know, go work against Aunt, uh, Jim Crow and all this, who are buying into all this, are still celebrating the move as if it's a good thing and it makes a point. But like, are, are they hearing what they're saying? Are they actually paying attention to the reality behind the headlines and the emotions and the just idiocy coming coming out of the media's Barb, in Barb, this? Barb, to quote Joe Biden, they're just lying, dog-faced pony soldiers. <laughs> I, it true. doesn't, I, you just got to shake your head. Like, these are the people 
who are telling us that we're so dumb. It's and it's it's the ultimate virtue signal. They're literally pushing stuff, yeah. and and th- and that goes back to my point. Like, why is it so big in Georgia that they are pushing this law? And I know it's setting precedent for other states, and and them trying to turn it around again. It's not a it's not a bad. There is no way to look at it as bad. So, what is the ultimate point? Because getting Major League Baseball involved in this makes it even bigger news, and makes people even go more. Oh my God, these laws are terrible. When ultimately, Major League Baseball doesn't give a shit. They just moved to they moved it to Denver, a state with worse voting laws, but people don't know about them and right. they, they'll be pushed under the rug. And within two days of them moving it, they signed a, a major contract with uh, Chinese media, which if you're really going to just because they their TV rights, what they do, they re-sign their multi-billion dollar contract. If you really give a shit, how are you not paying attention to what's going on in China with mass uh, concentration camps of Christian and Muslims. If you're gonna, if you're gonna actually be woke, understand right. that the company that you just did billions of business, uh, billions of dollars of business with their company, yeah, corporation of China, is way worse than any voter laws in your own in your own where your all star game is gonna be. It makes zero sense, which again brings me back to they do not want changes made where people cannot manipulate mail-in balloting. And I am not well, one that ever talks about this stuff. And yeah, so it's, like the, it's the, it's the mail-in balloting. Which it's, Colorado, it's, by the way, has 94% of their voters mail in the ballots in Colorado. So right. let's reward a state that has almost entirely mail-in ballot system. I, that's where we I just, think is like, we just went through Colorado. We just went that's through a, a national election that was won because of mass amounts of mail-in balloting, mail-in balloting that we've never seen before in this country, ballot harvesting, and yeah, I mean, just those two things. I had a third thing, but I can't remember what it was. It doesn't matter. Like those are the two <laughs> things that are are unquestionable. They're, yeah. And, and oh, I mean, and, and, voter, and, and they're, so they're talking about voter suppression, but voter suppression happened in. The last election right. by big tech suppressing news stories about Hunter Biden. And, you know, there was all kinds of different voter suppression that happened from, you know, the media suppression polls saying that someone was up this big in, in this state, you know, which was we found out in Election Day. None of that was true. Wisconsin had Biden up like 15 points. He barely got by by the skin of his teeth. So the mail-in balloting, the ballot harvesting and then big tech and media suppressing people's vote that's all coming from the left. And I'm not anti-Democrat or anything like that. I'm just pro-freedom and pro-common sense and pro-truth. And I feel like voter ID and common sense voter laws is something that we should be embracing and not like fighting against. Yeah. So anyway. And we can't, and we can't buy, we can't even fight the suppression that you talked about when it came to, and that to me is the biggest one. You could take away any of the quote unquote fraud and pretend like it didn't happen. Take away the ballot harvesting, take away the voting machines, take away anything that could have been an issue and talk about the way that the media was manipulated to not play certain stories and overdo stuff on Trump. They, they even allowed, they allow things that Trump never said to be taken out of context. They allowed all these different things to come out. And like you said, we don't want to talk about Hunter Biden until after the election, right. because, you know, it's not going to look good if he's talking about snorting Parmesan cheese <laughs> right before his dad is about to be become the sitting pre- yeah. like. And, and all these different things. That to me was the biggest issue because that's the in the face. That's the one that's like, you did not give a fair chance for the American public to properly educate themselves, let alone all the other stuff that we're suspicious about. So it's like, might as well lock in the voting opportunities 
to make sure that at least that part is sacred. Cause right now we can't fix the media. They're too, they're, they're too big to fail at this point. Yeah. And then look, we are a conservative podcast, right? And so, but to be fair and to uh, recently Charles Barkley came out with a, a quote earlier this, this week where he basically look Democrats and Republicans use division and power and suppression to, to maintain power. And so that's what they, it happens on both sides, right? We're just calling out today the hypocrisy of, of the left because of, you know, common sense laws that are trying to be passed so we can alleviate some of this ridiculousness and give power back to the people. That's what's happening. Yeah. I'm just disappointed when he was having, when he had his little rant there, which was fantastic, that he didn't say something about it being terrible. It's just terrible. 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 (laughs) Uh, so look, earlier this week, I said in the post that, and this is part of it too, our, you know, the topic that we just covered is that the energy is shifting in this country. I, I feel like people are, are waking up to some of the you know, elitist socialist type policies. And Barb and I were having this discussion uh, just yesterday uh, in regards to vaccine passports being a perfect example of this when a policy or an idea comes out and is starting getting traction and this instance started really by New York state that people begin to speak up and they're like, well, wait a second, states begin to speak up. And this is the power of having these conversations and debates. So people can speak up and push back on some of these things. And vaccine passports is a perfect example of this part. Yeah. The fact that it was a question. And I remember a couple of weeks ago, there was a statement from the White House that said he was looking in Biden was looking into this and exploring options. And it seemed like it was a very real possibility that the covid passports would be a thing. And now, after so much collective outrage across the country, like, oh, hell no, is this going to be OK? All of a sudden they're walking it back and saying, well, you see states coming out and saying that they're going to make these illegal in the states, which rock on. But now you see the White House walking it back. And I have to believe that this is because enough people spoke up and enough voices were heard. Whereas I think, like you said, Anthony, they keep throwing something out and saying, OK, well, what can I get past? What can I get past? What can I get past? And if nobody speaks up against it, it's just going to happen. And so I think good on everybody who spoke up against, for instance, the COVID passports, because now it looks like they may not happen. And I believe it's because the American people spoke up. And it's the importance of local government. We're seeing that because I think, I mean, people can speak, but I I don't think the federal government really cares at that level, but state governments do. Yes, and their governments and, heard them. Yeah. Yeah, but it's the compound right. effect of the conversation right. that that creates the noise. Right? 100%, yeah, 100%. 100%. Enough yeah. states, they're, they're their government officials heard enough of the people in those states. New Yorkers can say whatever we want until we pass out and not speak. And Cuomo's not going to give a shit and do anything yeah. that's right for the people. But when you have a leadership in the state that is actually dialed in and really paying attention to what the people that they are being paid to represent right. want, that's what that's what happens. Yeah. Or maybe if they feel like they're in danger of being voted out, uh, you know, even if it's just to save their own skin, if they're like, oh, crap, if I don't change this, then they're not going to vote for me. You know, if they feel like they're not safe in their seat, then maybe that would matter too. Um, but still speaking up is so important. Yeah. Right now it's, it's Florida, Texas, Ohio have basically passed legislation, making it illegal for voter. And there have, there are yeah. actually a growing number of States that are preemptively uh, banning or restricting the, re- the requirement of 
proof of COVID vaccination. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, it's probably just like the election map, right? Like you'll have, you know, New York, New Jersey and California, you know, they might be doing the vaccine passports and then the rest of America, that's usually all red. Uh, they're like, yeah, no yeah. way. You know, it's a total infringement on our rights. We don't want government in our business. We don't want them knowing who, you know, we're already being tracked and identified with, you know, on social media and other platforms. Like now we need a, a phone. Yeah. So it's just, you know, there's a, I said last week when we spoke with Bobby Sausalito, there's a line in the sand that people have pre-drawn in their head. And when that gets crossed, you know, they get more vocal, they get more loud and they push back. Do you remember that? Go ahead. No, do you remember back in, let's say, I think June-ish of last year when we talked, like when people started talking about facts, actually it was before George Floyd. I remember because I was talking about it in uh, May when I was saying, you know, we're going to be required to have vaccines, et cetera. Mm-hmm. People started posting this on Facebook You're and they were, getting, they were getting taken off. They were getting literally, uh, you know, Facebook jail. They were getting, rem- their posts were getting removed about talking about the conspiracy of having right. vaccine identification cards and the uh, yeah, mark, I, mark of the beast. And now it's really happening. And you're like, mark of the beast. <laughs> yeah. Whenever you say that, you know, the, the left media sites are making fun of that. Like, you know, the extremists are calling it the mark of the beast to yeah. incite emotions. I'm like, well, what that, I mean, that's kind of what it is, but, and moving into overstepping, let's get into a little conversation about executive orders Yay or nay, should we have them? We know Biden is set to announce another executive order tomorrow, I think, which would be today when we're um, actually, yeah, it'll be today. It'll be today. It's actually yesterday. He's airing it today, yesterday, whatever day it is. (laughs) Executive order about to drop any minute about uh, gun control and just another executive order he's doing, which this executive order on the surface doesn't seem like such a gigantic one. It seems like, all right, if you throw them that little bone, maybe they'll be happy and go away. Or it seems like if you give them a taste, they're going to come back for more. And which one is it? Um, to me, so so based on the looks of this, because I've been studying it since they, they made the announcement that he was going to be having these six things, and I'm actually trying to bring it up as we're talking right now. Um, but everything that I saw to this point were understandable gun control laws. I don't have an issue with ghost guns being, being, uh, banned. I think, I think that's a little odd, you know, I think, and that's just, and again, that's personal opinion. Um, I don't like the extra taxes on bullets. Bullets are already hard enough to find as a whole. Do I think this is the world's worst executive order? No. What I think it is, is a, systems check the same way that I kind of firmly believe that COVID-19 might've been is let's, let's just see, let's see what we can do, how the American public reacts to this so that next time it could be, let's do like, let's, let's do away with this, this freedom uh, on the second amendment. And then eventually it's, let's see what happens when they take away. They let's next time, maybe they tax ARs higher. Then next thing you know, they take ARs. And the next thing you know, they limit the amount of bullets in America. So to me, this is a very scary systems check, even though I don't disagree with this specific executive order too much. Right. So what would you do, right? I found the one hand, you're like, okay, I can see this. But on the other hand, are, do we now have to be so vigilant and hyper aware that we just oppose anything because we don't trust anything that they're doing? <laughs> it seems like they've elevated things to such a level of distrust 
among people in their opposite party or anybody who is not in the Democrat Party or aligned with the liberal socialist view, they now we have such a level of distrust. I have such a level of distrust on anything that comes out of this office, anything that comes out of this administration. I am now I spent a little while trying desperately to find something. Okay, you know, this is a good thing. This is a good thing. That's a good thing. But it's like the harder I try to find good, the more scary shit I saw. So now I'm almost like my knee jerk reaction is whatever they're doing must be for a bad purpose. Like I don't trust anything that they're doing. That's my issue. So there's, it's three major things. Um, getting rid of ghost guns, implementing new regulations and I don't even know what stabilizing braces for pistols is, but I don't know what that works as. Um, but they're modeling it a red, they're a, 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 a direct department of justice to put forward a model red flag law that removes firearms from people who are believed to be a danger to themselves or others. That, that's an interesting one. Cause that starts to borderline on taking people's guns yeah. based on yeah. their and that's that, not okay. that I'm, that one I'm not okay with. So yeah. I, I heard them talk about the red flag, but I didn't know exactly what it meant. I'm reading it right now. Cause it's just coming out. Um, but the one the one issue I have is the statement that Biden made is he admits executive order on gun control is not enough, which means yeah. this is the beginning of right. more. And oh man, yeah. So we off camera we we're talking before, like my you know my opinion on it is there should be no executive order when it comes to our Bill of Rights. Period. Like that's something that's you know our representatives that we send to Washington should debate and discuss over and, and you know create a bill and pass a law that that decides that it shouldn't be one person with a with a pen to change anything that's in the bill of rights period the second thing about this is the flip the script here. the the script is flipped here right so with voter id you have democrats pushing back against it saying it's suppression for minorities but republicans are saying hey it's common sense we we need voter id in this instance it's the opposite, right? Democrats want to push forward gun control measures that seem to be pretty common sense, right? Republicans are all, you know, first, second amendment, pro second amendment, they don't want anything infringed upon. Voter ID, three out of four Americans support voter ID. In this instance, most Americans support common sense gun law, like background checks. So, you know, this is where we have to like come together and meet in that middle where most of America is. And we can't be listening to the fringes on either side. Yeah. I've always been a common sense gun control person. That's been my more moderate side. And um, I will say in the last year, I've changed my stance a little bit in terms of becoming more uh, Second Amendment heavy, I guess you could say. Yeah. Yeah. But there is still like I, I don't get why I don't get why the the conservative side gets so up in arms about background checks. I mean, to me, that to me, as you said, that's common sense. Like certain things just need to be done. The Charleston loophole, as they talk about, needs to be closed. Where it's like there are certain places in the country that if your background check takes more than three days, you get the gun anyways, and we'll talk to you later. Like that needs to be fixed. Like yeah, so it, it shouldn't should take thirty days or sixty yeah. days or a balance in my six case. Months. So I started applying for my pistol permit. I don't know, seven months ago in New York. And, you know, you sign up and you have to wait for a class and then you have to wait to get in for your fingerprinting. And then you have to wait to get in for an interview. And then you have to wait to get in for your paperwork to get back. Then you have to wait to get in for a judge interview where it's not actually a judge. It's just somebody else that comes out to go through the same paperwork you submitted two months ago to look you in the eye to tell you, well, this is when the clock starts. You'll be lucky if you get your permit in a year. That's New York. In New York. And then 
once you get your permit, so, and this is assuming it's all approved. At any point, somebody could find an issue with my paperwork and decide that I don't get it and I'd have to start all over or, or go through more hoops or clear up whatever issue they find with me. But then say in a year from now, I get that permit in the mail and then I want to go buy my firearm. I have to go to the store, find the firearm I want, buy it, record the serial number, bring it in to get <laughs> added to my my permit which is more paperwork, more time waiting, more appointments. And then I have to wait for that card to be issued. And then maybe six months later, I'll have the card back and I can finally go pick up the firearm that I purchased months ago and has been waiting at the store for me. And if I want to get another one, I have to go through that whole process all over again. You in forgot New York. the vial of blood that you need. Wait, yeah, wait, like, wait I'm just going to get that from the sneakers I buy. That's, <laughs> that's, that's what it takes to buy a pistol in the state of New York. Is yes. that what you're telling me? Yeah, it's crazy. Yes. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah. I had so, no idea. So in there Texas, is significant gun control. That's yeah. Texas right there. And High so fives. That's, right. <laughs> that's a pistol. We can get rifles. You know, we have rifles, we have other firearms, but to get the pistol and I got the concealed carry permit, uh, going on, but I mean, that's absurd. That's crazy. I've no, I did, I had no, idea. I knew some places were stricter and I, I honestly don't, I like the way Texas does it. You go in, you fill out this form, you sit at a computer, they make you go through it and you don't, I have my own, uh, not concealed, but a license to carry. I have it here, but, and that makes it a little quicker, but ultimately you fill everything out. It's same day. They check your paperwork. You're registered in the system. They register the gun that you purchase. And to me, that's enough. I don't, I don't, I'm not a big fan of gun shows where you go in there and you sign a piece of paper without computer and without any kind of registration whatsoever. I'm not a fan of those, but sitting in front of a computer, taking an hour to do something, getting the firearm. Cool. Taking a year sounds like the most absurd thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Yeah. This will wind up being anywhere from a year and a half to a two year process by the time I'm done to buy a um, pistol and to buy, to yeah. buy a pistol. So, you know, I mean, there is, that to be said, it just, it's, there's too much of a discrepancy in the, what state you live in. I'm hoping that Cuomo is going to be out. I'm hoping Lee Zeldin's going to be in and he'll fix a lot of this shit um, pretty swiftly, I think. But let's move on because I know I'm babbling. We're almost out of time. Yeah. So we're going to uh, cover two positive stories. The first one's political, but I think it's positive and it's not so much about being <laughs> positive. Story. It is because I don't think it's so much about being Democrat or Republican. I think it's more about pushing back against elitist socialist type of It's policies. literally about being Democrat or no, Republican. But, but Dem <laughs> Democrats right, are, carry on. <laughs> most of the most Democrats aren't inherently you know, socialist or even communist. No, I'm you know, I'm just it's, making, it's the left, right? The far left that is that is ruining and hijacking, you know, the party. There's there's lifelong Democrats that will tell you point blank that they don't recognize their party anymore because of how but they'll far still do whatever Pelosi tells them to. Goes. Yes. They're but, good soldiers. They don't. It, and that's where. So this guy is no sorry. longer a good, good soldier. Right? Vegas. You talk Vegas. Las Vegas mayor John Lee switches <laughs> from Democrat to Republican over socialism after being elected as a Democrat uh, in North Las Vegas. He said he's switching to the Republican Party and he argued that Democrats, uh, the elitists and socialists, Far left agenda is not one he can stand with anymore. And that's another part of, you know, people waking up. And I think that's a good, not about left, right. I don't think it is. We need more. I think we need, you know, a third party system in here would be nice instead of a two party system. It's really about freedom, 
it's no longer about party. To me, it's about freedom and it's about versus control and socialism. It's it, you know, it's one or one or the one or the other. Right, what, but one what, party what wants control for? and one party wants freedom. No, I wouldn't, but you can't lump them all together. Well, they're lumping themselves because they do whatever the fuck Pelosi tells them to do. And Pelosi wants control. Pelosi has control. She says, vote for this, and they say, I was okay. I'm trying to be positive here, Barb. I know. Well, yes, <laughs> poor choice. But hey, I mean, good I, effort. I'll stop raining on your parade. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna agree with. Dave on this one because because oh, like, I, re- I mean, but I, I really do like, uh, uh, I, I think that there was, it was a bold move for him to stand out. Sorry. It was a bold move for him to come out and say that a lot of people left the quote unquote GOP after January 6th, because it was, to me, it was polit It was a, a, a marketing for them of being like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta distance myself from this. I have an election in two years, et cetera. This guy had no reason to do it except for he just could not, do it anymore. And I think Pelosi is one of the worst human beings in government as well, but I'm not going to lie. Moscow Mitch is not too far behind. I I just, I can't stand Mitch McConnell and it's very similar. They all have, they all have their ranks. They have their soldiers. And I always say this about the federal government. Uh, We think that they're the ones in charge. They're even the president it's middle management on a much larger game. And, and ultimately we, as people deserve a third party and hearing hearing this. And I think that third party is this guy is, is he's switching to the Republican party, but these are the people that are going to be part of this resistance of finding a party. That's kind of like the libertarians, but not so wacky, something that the the American public can get behind. So I think this is a positive story because it shows that people can change. Anybody can change. He's being the change. All right. So what about this? So what if this guy then brings in, what if the version of the third party you guys are talking about comes by reforming the Republican Party to put it back to what it's supposed to be. It comes by getting out the Moscow Mitches and all that. What if they just people like this come in and say, OK, Republicans, like enough, we're going to clean up this party and we're going to make this the party of the people again. Would that work? I, I yeah. think a, I agree. I think a second and I and I say this with trepidation. I, I was excited for a second Trump term because I thought that's what was going to happen right. because he didn't have to worry about reelection anymore. Cause I know Trump's got some definite way more liberal ideals than he was, than he was facing when he had to make sure that he was placating the Republican party. But I thought he had some middle ground stuff that would have been really nice to see. So maybe if he is a 2024 presidential candidate, we will see that change. And I don't want to, I'm not going to do it, but if he is, maybe we'll see that change in the GOP. Okay, end uh, up with your last good one because this is a genuine good one. Yeah, so uh, I saw this the other day. I thought it was awesome. I posted it on Facebook, got a lot of interaction just because it's a feel-good story. Uh, he's a cop, he's 91, and he has no plans on retiring. It's an awesome story of caring, sacrifice, courage, and serving his community. LC Buckshot Smith has worked in law enforcement for more than 56 years. And with his 20, 92nd, 22nd, I guess he wishes, uh, 92nd birthday coming up uh, in May, he says he'll retire when the good Lord says so. Buckshot Smith from Camden, Arkansas, was a sheriff deputy for more than four decades before he retired, a retirement that lasted for just a few months before he realized how much he missed his work and serving his community as a law enforcement officer. Pretty awesome. I just did the math. So he started being a cop when he was 35 years old. That's crazy. That's I crazy. Saw the, 
I saw the picture too. That's just that's some crazy good math there, Anthony. Yeah. Well, pen and paper, but usually I'm pretty good with that. But I I was just shocked because I'm like 35 is 50. You did it too quickly to use Common Core. Yeah, (laughs) one plus one (laughs) equals 72, unless you're white. Um, Okay. So. So yeah, I think that was a great story. I loved when you shared it. And I think it's awesome to see. And I think what that shows is you, the the concept of policing does not always have to be by force, even though I am very back the blue pro pro police officer, it shows that you can get the job done, no matter what your physical abilities are by talking to people, by being kind and by doing what the technical police should do, police your communities by getting to know them and get to know the people. Yeah, well said. Community policing. Any uh, final you know, parting thoughts or comments, Barb? Not for me. That wraps up. That wraps up what? My wisdom today. <laughs> I should. I, I never unwrapped my my wisdom today, really. But it wraps well, up my version of today's wisdom. The best Barb could bring to the table today. Barb, you need to be nicer to Honey Brown. Okay. You gotta be You're brown. the one that agreed with them. That's what they called me in college, Honey Brown. <laughs> <laughs> A good beer, by the way. <laughs> True. Very true. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. I haven't had that in a long time. You're right. Honey Brown. Okay. Solution. A little plug. Are we going to get paid for that? I don't know. Probably not. Probably not. All right. Uh, <laughs> look, everyone, appreciate you listening today. Please like and share this video with your friends uh, and on social media. Tune in next time for uh, another episode of Op-Ed Friday every Friday. <laughs> we go live uh, on Facebook, 8 a.m. in the morning on the American Shippets Facebook Standard page, time. Eastern Standard Time facebook.com forward slash American snippets. Anthony Russo, thank you so much for being here today, buddy. Thank you for having me, Barb. Be nice. She stopped being mean. Uh, wow. Hey, East, wow. East, I want to talk to time. Kelly. I Dave, get Kelly Easter time. Easter time. Easter time. Okay. Thank you guys for having me as always. You guys, <laughs> you guys are amazing. Thanks for having me. As All right, always. everyone. Take care. <laughs> Bye.